Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Luke 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So what you've got there, and we'll read the rest of the passage in just a moment, but uh, what you've got there is a disciple coming to the master, to the Lord Jesus and saying, Lord, teach us to do what you're doing. We want to be able to do that in the same way. We want to learn from you. And so like last week, we talked about growing in worship. Today, we want to talk about the second aspect of strengthening the core, which is growing in prayer. We want to be people that are learners, that are growers, that realize that we haven't arrived yet. And the the whole strengthening the core idea is that when these muscles are strong here and you do these these kind of core strength muscles, I had somebody send me a video as a fitness trainer, send me a video with somebody doing a doing planks. There's a older guy in the video and he's just I think they've been at it for a while. She's just like, hey, Jamie, just wanted to show you some planks here, you know. And, and so uh, the, 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 that's strengthening the core. Uh, what's another? A Superman. You lay on the ground and you do. Y'all know what I. Yeah, well, somebody dared me to preach this whole message in a plank position. And I'm not falling for that. <laughs> not one bit. So, <laughs> so prayer can look like all different kinds of things, right? I mean, prayer can be silent. It can be contemplative. It can be loud. Jesus prayed with loud cries and tears, Hebrews 5, 7 says. So it look and look all different. It can be by ourselves, alone, private. It can be together with others, corporate. That's a key dynamic of prayer in the, in the church. And uh, it, Jesus models it. The disciples picked it up. The New Testament church they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking bread, prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And then Paul picks that theme up over and over again. You hear him saying, we were wrestling with, for, for you in prayer. We're praying for you. Day, we never stop praying for you. Uh, devote yourselves to prayer. Pray continually. And it, it's not until we get this into our soul that we realize that prayer you know, the praying continually, it doesn't mean, and Lord, be with Aunt Susie, like you're saying that kind of a prayer all the time, but it is a breathing. It's a breathing in. It's a life. It's a life that we live abiding in the presence of God. That's what he's going for here. And uh, last week I talked about the importance of the Holy Spirit and the importance of community. And I just want to just briefly mention those again, that we when we get awake to the presence of God, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we want to pray. And, and it's, it's a work of God, even that stirs that desire, even as you're hearing about prayer, you're like, yeah, I, I, I want to do that. That's a, that's a God desire. It's not you coming up with that on your own. It's a God desire. He made us for fellowship and communion with him. And for fellowship, part of the way we experience and express that is fellowship and communion with each other. When we sense it like this is, man, this is the way it ought to be. It's because we're made in the, in, in the image of a community God. Father and Son and Holy Spirit, right? So uh, let's read the rest of the passage. So he, t- he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, <clears throat> hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine has come on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Then one, the one on the inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So just think about what's going on in this little short training from Jesus. Just that prayer is it touches on so many key things. So father, it's about a relationship with God. We're, we're to know God and to know his character and to know what he's like and know that he's a father. And then your kingdom come is is we want to pray in his purpose on the earth. Lord, we want to be about your purpose. We want to express your purpose. We want to pray for that to happen on the earth. And Lord, we have needs in our lives. And so we're asking for that to happen today, daily bread. And Lord, we want to deal with the inside of us. We want to be whole on the inside. We want forgiveness. And we want to be whole in our other relationships. So just as we've been forgiven, we also forgive. Uh, and, And then... Uh, lead us not into temptation. Lord, save us from unnecessary trials. Lord, save us from sin that's so destructive and harmful and hurtful in our lives. Help us, God. And, you know, he says boldness is like, you know, there's only two parables on prayer in the New Testament by Jesus, and they both have to do with persistence and boldness. That's a deal. We need to, we need to, so ask and keep on asking is the way the Greek says that. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. Just that's, that's how we're, that's our posture in prayer. And then I love how it finishes with the Father. He finishes that whole section there by talking about the Father again. The Father is good. Now, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts? So, I mean, this is a primary revelation of God. He's revealing himself in the person of Jesus and says, He's a father. He's a father who's good. And, you know, sometimes we don't always understand the answers that we get to prayer. James was, uh, we were in a little sit down sermon planning the other day and, and, uh, he goes, you know, sometimes my girls come and ask me for something. And I'm like, no, he's being a good, he's being a good father. Like, no, that's, that's not a good idea. Anybody ever Years ago, we had this old, old friend, I'm not going to say her name, <clears throat> but we had this friend at another church, and uh, she said, you better be careful what you ask for, you just might get it. You better be careful what you ask for. And that was her mantra. Like, that is not, that's not empowering for prayer. It's like, <laughs> oh, I blew it. I asked for the wrong thing. He's a father who's good. 
He's a father who's good. He's better than any of us. He's a father who's good. And that's how Jesus teaches prayer. This is the way you pray. Father. And this is how it finishes. You know, he's good. Ask for the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you good, good things. So a few things about prayer. Number one, just a, let's talk about hindrances and then helps. So hindrances are like discouragements. So anybody ever been discouraged in prayer? And I, I want to be just merciful on the, on the front end here. Just, and just say, hey, we need to be merciful with ourselves and each other about prayer. Because sometimes, man, somebody's prayed hard for something and it didn't, didn't happen. Or the timing was... it. It just didn't work out. And we live still in the in-between time. The, the, the kingdom's here, but it's also not yet. It's now, but it's not yet. And so sometimes we see incredible healing, beautiful, wonderful answers to prayer, and sometimes we, we don't. And we wish it was always that way, but it's not. Not yet. There's coming a day when we'll see Him face to face and everything's going to be right, but, but we're, not, we're not there yet. And so just want to be sensitive about that one. Another one, yeah, let me just say too, God's sovereign. So, so God's, God's sovereign, and, he, and He's a good Father. And so even when we don't always understand what He's doing, we can trust Him. The, the, we can trust the promise that He's good. And He's going to work good out of even difficult situations that we walk through. Um, another one, discouragements. Distractions. Can I get a witness uh, just distractions, man. I mean, it's a, that's, a, that's a hindrance to prayer. I'm reading a book right now by a guy named John Mark Comer called Relentlessly Eliminate Hurry. I think that's the title. Relentlessly Eliminate Hurry. It's a phrase that, that uh, Dallas Willard kind of popularized. And he's basically like, you can't, you can't pray when you're running around distracted and hurried. You can't, you can't live the Christian life hurried. And uh, one of the statistics from this book that John Mark pointed out, Comer pointed out, was that if you have an iPhone, you touch that thing on, on average, the average touches on an iPhone is 2,617 times a day. In a day. That's a lot. That's a lot of times. And millennials, they say it's almost double. So you older people feeling pretty good about yourselves right now. <laughs> but I mean, think about it like this. I mean, what if we thought about God as much as we touched our phones? That's li- that, that would be life-changing, like walk into a situation. You've you already got 2,600 times of God's presence in the day. Let it be done. <laughs> done. Anybody else? So uh, just, uh, Lord, help us on this. Hurry is a distraction in and of itself. Walter Adams was the spiritual mentor of C.S. Lewis. He said to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer. It only slows and impedes our pace. It never advances it. You know, I I think in my mind sometimes if I could just do more on this to-do list, I could actually do more spiritually. It doesn't work that way. It's kind of, it's kind of upside down. You slow down with God in order to do more. Martin Luther used to say, I have to spend the first three hours of the day in prayer because of everything that I have to do. 
So, so prayer, it's just a, it's a big deal for us here. The last one there, uh, things that, that hinder us is uh, doubts. So doubts, it, it's, it's hard to pray if my mind doesn't believe that God's there or going to answer my prayer. I'm not going to spend a lot of time doing that. And really, that's fruit of the fall because the fall is pride. It's independence from God. And so pride really feeds prayerlessness and a sense of disconnection and independence from God Himself. So we want to stir faith in our hearts and that trust. Things that help prayer are like doing what Jesus encouraged us to do. To, uh, to pray that prayer. Father, hallowed be Your name. To, to have boldness. To ask and keep on asking. To know that the, God, that the Father is good. Those things will help us stir prayer. It's expressing the reign of God. So when I pray in the morning and I'm saying, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Which, by the way, I just want to say, I shared this in first service. I had somebody before the first service, I was standing back by the sound booth talking with her, and she said, you know, I was raised Lutheran. Lutheran folks? Had a few Lutheran cheers in first service. (laughs) Cool. And... uh, Love the Lutherans. And uh, so she said, yeah, I was raised Lutheran and we would always say the, the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, she goes, can we do it some here? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, it's a good thing to do. And uh, I'd gone back to the restroom and Micah was doing the welcome. And in, while I'm back there in the bathroom, I'm washing my hands and I hear Micah start saying, hey, I just felt led today to do the Lord's Prayer. And so he says, let's all say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I'm, I'm freaking out because this, <laughs> the lady had just said, you know, just, and I was like, yeah. And I, I wondered, had, did she tell you? And he goes, no, man, I was praying this morning. felt like the Lord said, everybody do the Lord's Prayer. Isn't that good? What was I? That, this is fun. I, just, I came I was like running to tell somebody. <laughs> Not exactly like that, but <laughs> that'd be weird. Oh, Jamie's coming. He's running that, doing that funny, <laughs> doing that funny run. Um, Lord. So, uh, where was I at? Yeah, so we, a couple weeks ago, we had the U.S. oversight team from Antioch here. We hosted uh, here in Fort Worth and, and we were praying, worshiping for a couple hours out there in the lobby and then did this unity thing where we grabbed one of those doors, all 12 of us together and opened the doors with this word about open doors and just opened the doors together. And we come in and just everybody's boom, hitting the ground, praying, seeking God. And one of the words that came out of that time, Joe's there, Joe Ewan, y'all, some of y'all know him. And one of the words that came out of that time was, I'm giving you back the keys of worship and prayer. And I want you to use them. I'm giving you the keys of worship and prayer, and I want you to use them. And then another word came. It was that we can't go where God is calling us to go without an increase in the water level of prayer around here. So anybody with me? I'm excited, man. It's like that's words come in so many different ways. Me and Kim and just different leaders in the church and Lord stir it up. Meet us here today. You know, and the last little help I want to mention is joy. Like joy is a motivator for spending time with God in prayer, personally and corporately. Do, do you know that we all kind of move toward joy? That's right. you, you just kind of, you kind of, that's kind of gravity. Gravity is kind of joy. You know, that's all other things being equal. We're going to do 
things that make us happy, joyful, joy-filled, and, and, and have that sense of, and, and I could say you should do this, or you ought to do this, and sometimes that's okay, um, because we need help. You know, we, we, we need help to know what we need to do. But, but it's, not a sh- it's not just a should. It's not just an ought. It's a get-to. It's a, there's joy on the other side of it. The, the, like, the desire for being with God puts us in a place where we're willing to say yes to some discipline in our lives. We are disciples, after all. Some discipline in our lives so that we can experience the delight that comes on the other side of that. Desire, discipline, Say it together, delight. There's joy there. So when did prayer come alive for you in your life? When did prayer come alive for you in your personal life? And it may not be there yet. It might be like, I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I want to I give this a shot. Or maybe you've been there and you're like, I want this again. I've, I know this. I've been there. These are seeds of the kingdom that are, they've gotten kind of choked out a little bit, but I, I love this stuff. And so just wherever we're at, that's okay. We're all on a journey and it's a process. The Lord's calling me back in a fresh way right now to prayer. I'm just like, there's a yes in my heart, even though I don't know what all it means. I'm like, Lord, yes. I want to go to bed earlier. I want to get up earlier. I want to be with you. Not like nobody's checking something off, but you know, when we build those disciplines into our lives, it's like, then when the trials come, we've got a place to stand. You're not trying to, in the middle of the trial, going, oh, I need to get a prayer life now. Although, you know, trials, though, if we'll let them, they can push us closer into the heart of God. Sin is, is we want to avoid it, but if we'll let it, it can even be used by God for good because we get more passionate and desirous of Him. Like, Lord, I'm, uh, I'm tired of that. I want to move forward with you, God. Right? So, i share a little bit of my own uh, story. You know, when I was, uh, when I was uh, first getting into ministry years ago, and uh, about a decade before you guys were born, um, <laughs> crazy. But I, I got a journal. I'd never journaled. We didn't pray a lot. We prayed at dinner, you know, and stuff growing up. And parents loved the Lord, you know. My dad got saved at 25 and just his, my grandma owned a kind of bar in Arkansas, out in the middle of nowhere. She's rough, salty, you know, just, woo. <laughs> grandma, <laughs> easy. <laughs> Take it easy. Um, Vera. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, didn't, so when I got into ministry, I got a journal. That was one of the first things I did. I got a journal and I started writing in in that journal and, you know, guys, my, my journals are some of the most precious things to me in the world. I, I, I use a computer one now since 2012, but I still, I keep a a paper one in my bag just in case I need them at prayer meetings or something. And I, I still keep one. And, uh, but I, on those first couple of pages, I wrote down, God, would you make me a man of prayer? That was one of my first, that's my first prayer requests in the journal. Would you make me a man of prayer? And I just figured, you know, it'd be, if I could be a man of prayer, then it'd be like getting the gold, getting the goose instead of just getting an egg. I just thought, man, if I could, then I'd have what I need for the trials and stuff of life. If I could be a man of prayer, Lord, would you do that? 
Make me a man of continual prayer. So I prayed that. Wrote it down everywhere. Little cards that are all frayed on the edges now that I would be a man of continual prayer that, that really knew the Lord. Prayed that for many, many years. And so, uh, again, a Don Fento story. Uh, went up to Nashville that first time and uh, spent the week with him. We prayed all the time. I had never seen somebody that prayed like that. I mean, and oh, by the way, I got to talk with Don this past week, and he's excited. Ty and I are going to be seeing him on that on that Tuesday morning. He's so pumped and can't wait to see him. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm riding around the car with him and shared the singing story last week. But on on Wednesday, he goes. Now uh, Wednesdays is the day I fast of the week. And uh, so, and I'm literally in the car and he says, we're going to be fasting all day. We'll eat tomorrow morning. And I turned to the passenger window and I was like, oh my goodness. I remember just thinking, oh wow, no food. I, and I'd heard of fasting, but like I hadn't heard of it, but I'd never done it. it my, that was my first time ever to fast and like no food all day. See you tomorrow. And uh <laughs> right everybody knows which by the way what a great time to put a plug in next next monday tuesday and wednesday we're going to be praying and fasting as a church and it doesn't it go better together i mean you can talk me if i'm on my own hey you want to get a hamburger yeah sure let's go (laughs) but together i mean it's like we got some more juice and and we, we lean into it together when we're doing it together so uh but, but Don, then, then the next morning, he goes, uh, he, that, that night, Wednesday night, he said, hey, we're getting up early in the morning if you want to. 5 a.m., I'll be praying at the church with some other people up there. 5 a.m. You know, and it's like, okay, wow. That's, that's, that's different, you know. And uh, en- enjoyed that. But that's, those are some of my kind of background stories. When we planted the church, we planted the church out of a prayer meeting. It really got started. Everybody that was in that prayer meeting basically ended up being our launch team. And we'd spend three or four hours every Friday night praying. And then when we got the church going, one of the first big decisions that we made was to start a prayer meeting. Like we were doing life groups and all of that, but we, we started a prayer meeting. We, so every uh, Tuesday night at our house, um, we had we were in a season where we had uh, gotten rid of all of our furniture, like literally... Uh, there was no furniture in the house, and we'd play soccer in there. The kids loved it, man, and we'd do family time on the floor, and I didn't go into this in first service, so you're getting the bonus round here. But uh, we would have, every Tuesday night, we'd have a prayer meeting, and there would be, one time there was three. That was the lowest we ever had, but sometimes there'd be 50-plus people in our house, just people everywhere. Emily was a little girl, you know, would just dance in the middle, snow angel a couple times and uh and uh man incredible memories and we prayed for seven years the kingdom prayer we didn't know what we were going to do going into it but we prayed father hallowed be your name your kingdom come i remember one night we prayed father for an hour and a half so it's, it's kind of worship based prayer we still do that even now just the worship based prayer that's enjoyable and life-giving uh just i i'm really like uh, don't like things that aren't life. So want to be in life when it comes to praying, right? Let's do life-giving prayer meetings. Amen. All right. So here's the main thing today is that God's calling us to be learners who 
in prayer who cultivate a lifestyle of enjoyable prayer that spills over into all of life. Don't you like that phrase, enjoyable prayer, right? So let's say this learners in prayer thing together. God's calling us to be learners in prayer. We're, nobody's arrived. We're on a journey. You know, you don't get the, you, you kind of don't arrive. It's like uh, maturity is doing the basics with consistency. Maturity is doing the basics with consistency, learning. That's that strengthening that core in there so that I can be stronger in other parts of life. I've got that core worship, prayer, the scriptures. I've got that core thing happening in my life. Jesus, and here's the thing about joy. Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, you loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond all of your companions. Think about that. The oil of gladness beyond all of your companions. The oil of joy, I think that version said. The oil of joy beyond all your... So Jesus is joyful. And when we get in his presence, we get to experience some of that joy, right? So let's do it. God wants us to grow in a lifestyle of enjoyable personal prayer. And the other one, if you're just wanting to go ahead, is enjoyable corporate prayer. And again, there's so many different ways to pray. Styles, silence, contemplative loud worship with worship, with dancing, all kinds of ways you can pray, kneeling and positions and laying prostrate and all of that. Dr. Yancey Smith, one of our uh, former elders, he's a Bible translator, Bible translator, helps teams all over the world with the easy to read version. And uh, so he's often asked, hey, what's the best version of the Bible? He's like, oh, that's easy. The best version of the Bible is the one you actually read. So, so what's the, what's the best way to pray? It's the way you actually pray when you actually pray, you know, I, I, sometimes I'll just be like inundated with all of my resources around my quiet time area and just, I'm, I'm, I'm resourced. You know, even if you've got the Bible app, you are resourced with the learning of all of humanity coming through your phone. We're resourced but it's about connecting with God. You know, sometimes I have to just go, "Eh," and Lord Jesus, it's about, this is about you. It's about connecting with your heart. It's about, you know, is my soul happy in God yet? It's a great question. We got that from George Mueller years ago, reading his autobiography. He would say, my first priority every morning was to find, was to get my soul happy in God. And it just became a question 20 something years ago that we began asking, is my soul happy in God yet? Because you can go through the motions, do the read the Bible, do some worship stuff, but if I'm not actually entering into His presence, or if I'm not actually asking things, like walking up to the prescription drug counter, and you need some medicine, you need some stuff to happen, and then you just walk away. Anybody ever done that? I'll just be there. I'll be there with the Lord and just not even... He says, ask, seek, knock, and the door will be opened. So a few things here. We need vision for this. We need a vision for prayer, for getting up to pray, to be with God. We need a vision for it so that we see, uh, you know, that our lives are going to be impacted by that. I'm looking back there at Aaron Reinert right now, and, and we're on this text thread, and like, I think he beats me up, uh, beats me up. I'm like, ah, no, <laughs> beats me up out of bed sometimes because the text is there just morning after morning after morning. There's about 10 of us on that thread. 
It's good. We need vision for how our lives are going to be impacted by spending time with God. We need provision. That's where you provide for the vision. You, you know, that's where you, you get ready. You have a place. You have a space. You have a time. You, you get in agreement with your spouse or with your roommates. We're going to get up. We're going to get up. We're going to spend time with God. We're going to, we're going to do this thing. So that's provision. Uh, you, need, you need some stuff. You need a, what do you need? Bible. Headphones. Coffee. Yes, you, maybe you do. I, I do. I'm, I, that freed me up. Tom Davis came years ago, freed me up, man. He said, Starbucks, you know, or something. I, and I was like, wow, what a great idea. I think, I think my quiet time would go better with, uh, with some coffee. And we've joked about this, but there, there are fluctuations in the space-time continuum early in the morning. You know, and you put that shoe on, you know, and you just, you're sitting there staring at the wall and... <laughs> 12 minutes go by and they're just gone. It's just, it's gone. It's time. You'll never get it back ever. Wasted uh, staring. So provision. I, I want to encourage you guys. So Bible, music, all that kind of stuff. A journal. Again, I, already, I know I said it once, but a journal will help you remember what God's saying to you. Okay, so flash this picture up. So here's a picture from our, can you make it a little smaller? Oh, there you go. So that's November 12th, 1991. And I was looking through journals, looking for when uh, the, on the Nathan stuff. And so you got me, and I was going through this. I'm so thankful, Lord. You've blessed me so incredibly. Your grace is so bountiful. You snatched me from the jaws of death because of your great love for me. May that grace never be without effect in my life. And I'm so thankful for my wonderful, for a wonderful, well, she's mine. <laughs> Very wonderful wife. She's so talented. It goes on. She, there's some stuff going on in her life at the time. Now, check out the, this is why I want to stick this up. I'm also thankful for good friends like Todd and Jackie. They are really rocks for us personally, and it is so exciting to see how much we've grown during the past four years. At that point, we'd known them four years. Thanks, y'all. So now it's 32 years. Isn't that fun? But I wouldn't remember that stuff. If I hadn't had it written down, the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. Weakest ink is better than the strong. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I need to. I need to keep going. So, uh, but but we, we all have models. We need we need help in learning how to pray. We all need help. We all need fresh ideas. What's fresh in your time with God? everybody, that's a great question, by the way. What's fresh in your time with God? We need models. So Jesus gives us a model here for praying. Um, anybody ever heard, Don Finto, my dad in the Lord, his deal was uh, starting the Psalms. It's priming the pump. That's what I'm doing there. Because, you know, I, I know a lot about that. And so, uh, but, but one I've used for years is Acts. Anybody ever heard of Acts? A-C-T-S. So it stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And so the other day, uh, <laughs> the other day we're in sermon planning, and uh, Ben Moss is in there, and and uh, and I was about to share this. He goes, "Wait, wait, wait! I, I got one! I got one! I got! It's called cats, cats." And uh, I was like, "Cats? <laughs> I never heard of cats." He goes, "Yeah, it's confession, adoration, thanksgiving, and supplication." 
I was like, okay, I guess, I guess that'll work, you know. So then we all started brainstorming. And so hit it. We came up with not only cats, but tax. Man, you're just thankful you're running in with gratitude. Then adoration, confession, thing, and, and, and asking for stuff. And then sometimes scat is like, Lord, I need stuff. I need some stuff right now. I need it to happen. But then I'm a sinner. I'm a mess. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you. And then cast is, Lord, I am a mess. I'm coming as a mess. I agree with you. It's sin. Lord, I'm a mess. But I adore you and praise you. And I still got some things I want you to do. And I'm so thankful. Right? Amen. And in all of that, there is a a role of, of listening. So we're praying, we're listening and responding because that's how the kingdom flows through us is we listen to Jesus and then we try to take that into our school situations, into our work situations. That's the way the kingdom, that's the kingdom of God. That's the way it works. And uh, uh, so I just want to give a couple of on-ramps. On, on each one of these points, I want to give an on-ramp. So an on-ramp is just how do I get into this? And I want to encourage you, if you're not spending time with God in the morning, that's all right. But what if you took the 21-day challenge? They say that you can start a new habit in 21 days. So just maybe 30 minutes. What if you did 30 minutes a day for the next 21 days? And by the way, just if you're connecting there just day by day by day, no vacations, but just like, man, this is like good stuff's going to come out of that. It's just going to bless you. This is just a blessing to you to ask you to challenge you like this to say, hey, let's do the 21 day challenge. Going to get some help from the fasting thing next week and it'll help you figure out stuff that needs to stop or repentance that needs to happen, forgiveness that needs to be asked for. And again, it's, there's a desire that leads to discipline, that leads to delight in our lives. And we want to, and again, remember, it's enjoyable. To be with the Father is an enjoyable thing. To hear Him express love to you, is an, it's an enjoyable thing. It makes life, life is better when we pray. Okay? Just making sure everybody's tracking with me. Okay, so this, this second one, I'll do this second point quick. Uh, enjoyable prayer. Enjoyable corporate prayer. That's what we're called to. Why do we value corporate prayer so much here at Antioch? Because, and I want to just frame it like this. There's a mystery in it. And there's ministry in it. The mystery is that God's sovereign and he could have already done everything. And yet he chooses to connect his will being done on the earth to men and women praying. And that, that's, a, that's a mystery, like that he values prayer so much. But because he values prayer, we want to be in on that. And really, it's like the fall in our own pride and independence when we don't want to be in on prayer. So Lord, help us to be people of prayer. So that's the mystery part. And the ministry part is joining him. There is a prayer ministry of the church. And it's not just in prayer meetings, although we do lots of prayer meetings around here, but it's every time we're gathered together and we pray. Then you've got, oh, this was a life group. Well, now it's a prayer meeting. In the prayer meeting, Eridard Mikasa, friend who's now with the Lord, years ago, he's a Ugandan guy, and uh, would say the prayer meeting is the most important meeting of the church. Because it's where you lay the tracks for the train of God's activity flowing and moving. It's you pray it in first, and then you see it in reality. There's two realities. One's in the place of prayer, and the other's when you get to see it happen. Okay? So, uh, and, and again, there's uh, the, the, the Scriptures. Jesus, confession of, of Peter, uh, says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of, 
uh, Jonah? Uh, because uh, sorry, I'm trying to quote it. Just basically saying, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and you're going to bind things and you're going to lose things. Whenever Matthew 18, whenever two of you guys are together and together and you start binding stuff and losing stuff, I'm there with you and it's going to happen. I want you releasing that. And again, it takes vision for this. What's going to happen in our lives, in our ministry, in our, in our church life, in our city, at the university, at, in our workplaces, when we gather to pray and say, God, would you do it? Would you move? Would you, y'all have a good ladies retreat? Ladies, had a good ladies retreat. And well, a lot of women were praying ahead of time, praying into that. I know there was a prayer meeting the night before, just praying into that Lord. And I know there was a lot of prayer going leading up to it as they met and talked about it. So a really big deal. Um, So provision is we got to have some prayer meetings Uh, and then models for there's all different kinds of models. And then we want to do it. All these things are and we want to do it. Uh, So. Uh, there's this uh, friend I've got. He's spoken here at the church before and at the discipleship schools. His name's Tom Grossman from Grace over in Arlington. And he's been leading prayer meetings about 10 to 15 a week since the year 2000. So he's got some, got some weight in the prayer room, right? House of prayer, that kind of stuff. And uh, he, one of the ways he talks about how God's inviting us into his presence is by, by saying, you know, when my wife and I go to Colorado, we hike. And then we always find ourselves saying, honey, this is beautiful. Wouldn't it be so awesome? Wouldn't it be great if the kids were here with us? And then he applies that to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before creation. Son, I love you. This is awesome. Wouldn't it be great if we had others in this circle with us? And so there's creation, and then ultimately Jesus comes and makes a way for us to be included in that circle of love. It's beautiful. And that's what we get to participate in in corporate prayer. Some on-ramps, some on-ramps here. Uh, there's prayer meetings happening all over the place. Sunday mornings, you want to join us before first service? I don't know about second service people, but uh, it's happening it, Sunday mornings, you know, it, women's prayer. We're starting a new prayer meeting after the fast, after, after the three days of prayer and fasting. It's going to start on Thursday. going to be led by Michael Hernandez, 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning over in the venue. So lots of opportunities. And I think the easiest way of all to jump into prayer is with the people you live with, with your husband or your wife or your kids. You can have a little prayer meeting right there. That's the easiest way of all to grow in the grace of praying. I'm landing, really. This is, a, this is like a core value for us, praying like this. It's a big deal. So, you know, we can say that we believe in prayer is important, but it may not always affect our actions because we are living out of our core values. What we value most down in the deepest part of us, we're actually doing. That's how, that's how we're spending our time. That's how we're spending our money. That's what we think. That's, 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 that our core values are the way we live. And so the cool thing is those can change. And you may have had more uh, value for your phone or Netflix or whatever, and you can get prayer on the desktop. And so it happens with awareness. This is the process, the way change happens. Awareness. Oh, okay, wow, there's more out there for me. There's a, there's a bigger, fuller, abundant life for me. Then you get biblical conviction. 
You say, Lord, I want to do this and I need the scriptures to help me to, I want to meditate on this passage that we talked about today, boldness and all that stuff. And then we make a lifestyle change. That's where we actually schedule something different and put the rock down in the jar first so that we're actually living that way. And then we get some accountability. Would you help me do this? This new thing we're trying to, we're even doing some different prayer schedules ourselves. And then no more excuses. And that's where you stop blaming whoever for why you're not spending time in prayer to God. So no more excuses like, ah, oh, mom and dad, you know, I said in first service, they, they didn't, it was actually confessing. They wouldn't let me eat sugared cereal. But that's not a reason for not praying or whatever the, the abuse, you know, hard thing. Hard thing would be a better way of saying that. So we ate sugared cereal for the first part of our marriage. Because we could. <laughs> Not weird. We're all, we're strange people. We can change, though. That's what that's what I want to say. We can change. We can grow in prayer. We're not stuck. We're not stuck. We can have breakthroughs. All those hindrances and things, the the dryness, not motivated, all that. We can have breakthrough. And God wants to bring breakthrough. And then all the stuff that's going to happen because we're praying more is beautiful. So y'all stand up. Amen. Stand up, worship team, come. I'll just say it this way again, guys. Life is better when we pray. Life is better when we pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes. What, what is it that needs to change in your life? And it may even, just this morning, be in relation to prayer. If there's a hindrance or if there's a dryness or if there's a need for more, I just want to say, there's more. So get, get prayer. Pray. The front, front's open up here. But then also pray with people that you came with. Just, just pray a prayer. Pray for pray. You've got your spouse with you, your friend. Pray. So Father, would you meet us today? Just in, in any other need at all. If you have some need, please don't leave without getting prayer. Father, we trust you. We look to you. And we say that you are good. And that you've got good things for us. So, Lord, would you release just the sense of your presence, the fullness of your spirit. And we want to see just lives change, our own lives. Start with me. Start with us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You guys, go for it. Be bold. What do you want to see happen? Be bold. Amen. Make us a people of prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Make us a people of prayer, in Jesus' mighty name.